2: Tech Sideline is presented by First Bank and Trust Company. They offer free checking with industry-leading mobile banking. Who you choose to bank with can make all the difference. Visit firstbank.com to learn more. What's going on, Hokie Nation? Happy Thursday morning. Is bowl eligibility on the horizon for the Hokies? They host NC State this weekend inside Lane Stadium. The entire football crew is on set, and we're going to talk all about the Wolfpack and Virginia Tech. It's episode 330 of the Tech Sideline Podcast, and it starts right now. We record on Thursday, november sixteenth, twenty twenty three, from the Virginia Tech Corporate Research Center, right here in our Tech Sideline Studios. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to leave us a like, comment, and subscribe and Do us a favor, refer the show to a friend as well. Well, we got the entire football crew on set. To my right, lead analyst and columnist, Chris Coleman. Across the way, our senior staff writer, Andy Bitter. In the fourth chair, it's our managing editor, David Cunningham. And producing behind the scenes, Jay Brizzy, Mr. Jack Brizendine. I'm your host, Giovanni Heater. We got a fun one coming up this weekend, fellas. NC State is in town. This is a football team, 7-3 and on the year, 4-2 and in conference play. And you look through the schedule Chris, besides that Duke loss where they they really didn't look like themselves, not really a bad loss on the slate for the Wolfpack.
0: No, they're a, they're a very unbalanced team. Their offense is incredibly bad, and their defense is incredibly good. So, you know, they can do things like lose twenty four to three to Duke's backup quarterback who went four of twelve passing that day, right? Uh, they can allow UConn, who's one and eight or one and nine or something like that, to play them. Really close, but they can also beat Clemson. They can also beat Miami and things like that. So, and that's when you have a bad offense, you can never run away from anybody. And, and you also, if you play a team with a really good defense like Duke, you, you, you know, you can find yourself on, on the bad end of things. So, they're one of those teams that's seven and three. Um, the, but it's not a balanced 7-3. and three. They have very obvious strengths and very obvious weaknesses.
3: It, you look at their schedule, it's been such a weird rundown of games. Like They, they didn't look good at UConn in the season opener. That's a season opener. Anything can happen in a game like that. They got crushed by Notre Dame. Uh, Shootout with Marshall, yeah. like that, was the, that, bizar- not that yeah. was the most bizarre score on the schedule. Just like I, I thought defenses would show up better than that in that game, and instead they're they're both up in the 40s. Uh, you mentioned that Duke game; they 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 almost threw away the game against Virginia. Yes, uh, I think that was a Friday night game mm-hmm. earlier in the season where it looked like they had it wrapped up. Then Virginia's back in the game, and uh, they come down to get a field goal at the end, I think, to win it. Uh, just kind of all over the place. And they, you know, they've had this strange quarterback situation where Brennan Armstrong was the guy. And then they went to MJ Morris. Now Morris wants to redshirt. So they shut him down. And Armstrong's like, okay, back back in the fold at quarterbacks. So it, it's a tough team to, to make, like, to know what you're going to get with this team. I think you know what you're going to get defensively because they've got Peyton Wilson and that group is really solid offensively. Uh, really a mixed bag and can go any direction and and most of the time it's not been great
2: well you talk about how they haven't had some of the most convincing wins but their last three have been impressive they have not lost in over a month Uh, they're coming off wins october 28th they beat clemson 24 to 17 that was at home in raleigh Uh, after that they Played Miami at home. That was probably their best win of this season, I would argue. Twenty to six win uh, at home against the Canes, and then they're coming off the heels on the eleventh. A twenty six to six win uh, on the road in Winston Salem against Wake Forest. As we know, Wake Forest is nothing super impressive, but nevertheless, only allows six points to to not to not let that game get out of hand. But you argued, Chris, before we got on the air, probably could have blown them out a little bit more.
0: Yeah, they should have if they were a better offense. Should, could, certainly could if they were a better offense. Uh, but, you know, people were talking about MJ Morris. Oh, he's, you know, one and three as a starter. He's averaging like 150 passing yards a game. It's hard to lose when your defense has only given up six points, right? Uh, they're, they're winning with their defense, not with whoever's playing quarterback. Um, I just you look up and down the numbers despite being benched for four games Brennan Armstrong still leads them in rushing by almost 200 yards despite being benched for four games Brennan Armstrong still has 44 more carries than their number two rusher uh, their leading receiver has 50 catches their second leading receiver has 21 catches they're so bad at the skill position that their leading receiver uh Concepcion, is that how you pronounce it? I believe. I think, I, so, I, yes. I think that's it. He's starting to get. He's actually starting to carry the ball more than he's catching it over their last four games. Um, that's how much they lack skill position talent. This is like for Tech 2022 in terms of skill position talent. It's really really bad, um, and I, I think they threw Armstrong under the bus. Uh, the reality of it is their passing game. Has been about pretty much the same no matter what quarterback they have in there except MJ Morris averages 0.5 yards per carry whereas Brennan Armstrong is capable of running for hundred yards in a game you know like you just about did against Wake Forest I think they're a better team with Armstrong because at least he can run they can't pass no matter who's quarterbacking but they can at least run w- w- with Armstrong in the game so I, I was 100% gonna pick Tech to win if MJ Morris had been the quarterback and I, I'm a little was a little more questionable about it with Brennan Armstrong, and I know that sounds weird considering uh, Morris was the qu- quarterback in the second half last year when NC State beat Tech, and Brennan Armstrong has never beaten Tech, but you know you kind of got to consider the circumstances too.
3: Yeah, and you know I think you you mentioned leaning on their defense. That Clemson game, they get a pick six I think by Peyton Wilson mm-hmm. uh, turned the tide of that game, kind of open things up. Uh, they've given up one touchdown in the last eight quarters. Uh, you know, that's pretty impressive that that's a strong group. And, uh, if you have one side of the ball, that that's that good, that can carry you through a game. And, you know, we looked at Virginia tech, how they fared against the top defenses that they faced slow start against Florida state, got it rolling a little bit in, in the run game eventually did nothing at Louisville. So this is a real challenge for this Hokies offense. Can they do this against a, an, a defense that's this good?
2: Chris, I know that you kind of hate when I bring it up, but I'm going to bring it up. Both these teams still alive with a chance to play for an ACC championship, Mm -hmm. technically. We know what needs to happen uh, for Virginia Tech to do it. In order to do it, and and we'll just remind the viewers, for those that are kind of interested in that at home, you need UNC to win out. Obviously, Virginia Tech has to win out, and one other thing had to happen. What was it? I don't remember.
3: Miami needs to beat Louisville. That's
2: what it is. And Miami needed to uh ne- Miami needed to beat Louisville. Of those well,
3: three thi- like three things you mentioned, I'm more confident in Tech winning out <laughs> than those yeah. other two like yeah. I don't think Miami's going to beat Louisville and I certainly don't think UNC is going to beat Clemson and NC State. I mean, right. I, I don't think they'll beat Clemson this week and then the NC State game is one of those games where absolutely throw out the records it doesn't mean anything yeah, does
2: anybody know what needs to happen for nc state to get in on the other side of that? probably
3: a lengthy list of things i think i saw the the list for unc to get in it was
0: like six or seven things so right uh, so what time is the louisville miami game any idea before tech okay so we'll know we'll, we'll know wow. before the tech game kicks off
2: that's true so that's a noon kickoff david uh, i believe so all right there we go that definitely uh that definitely helps things a i little don't bit. think
3: they have to leave too much brain power to it (laughs) to 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 worry about that scenario playing out yeah
1: it's
3: (laughs) new well (laughs) i'll I'll eat those words if they come back and they make the acc title game but uh right now I, i don't have much confidence in it happening
2: you mentioned the fact that mj morris wasn't a threat running the football at all but Brennan armstrong certainly can be right uh in his time in his career so far 459 carries 1700 yards on the ground 3.7 yards per carry, 24 touchdowns. Morris on the other side of that, granted he's played less football, 81 carries, 101 yards for just one touchdown. Could that add a little bit of a wrinkle into things, especially uh, with the fact that Tech hasn't been great against the run this year?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I think with their lack of skill position talent, they're trying to throw it to Concepcion, and he's also averaging about five carries a game over, or so thereabouts, in, in his last four games. And he's averaging like 11 yards a carry i think in that span too so basically their game plan is try to get it to Concepcion in any way possible and then have brennan armstrong run it up the middle that's their offense and brennan armstrong can be a workhorse i mean he had a lot of carries last week against wake when, when they brought him back into the fold and he he's, i don't know if you've probably never seen brennan armstrong in person like he's uh he looks bigger than he's listed. Like he looks sort of like he has like a fullback build, I would say. And he's an athletic guy, but he could also be a workhorse. He can also be your third yard, third down back, so to speak, in short yardage situations. So th- they would probably use him not not too differently than, than Virginia Tech uses drones, even though there is a size differential to a certain extent. But uh, I still. Still, when you look at the tech uh, at the offenses that, had, that have gashed the Virginia Tech defense this year, it's been it's actually it's been good running backs this year, not running quarterbacks and NC State doesn't have one of those.
3: Yeah, but I, I do think uh, if you're looking to, to open up the run game a little bit on a team, just look at what Drones has done for Virginia Tech when having to account for that 11th guy on offense, I think Armstrong can have that same effect francy state and i don't think they're gonna run for 250 yards or something like that uh but maybe more than what they were before Mm uh and i I do think going to armstrong he's got to have some sort of like house money type mentality like he was benched he was done in college when they went to morris and now he's all of a sudden got this second chance to come out here I, i can imagine he's playing free and loose right now and he just does not care He's probably just going out there and and that can be a dangerous quarterback when you go out there and somebody with obvious familiarity with Virginia Tech over the years has never beat Virginia Tech. I think he's probably pretty motivated to do that in one last chance here when he didn't think he'd have that opportunity. Uh, originally, you know, I think going to Armstrong, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it gives them a better chance to win this game than, than maybe if they had Morris. How about the
2: banged-up offensive line for the Wolfpack? They've played 10 different guys on the O-line uh, to start games this
0: season. Yeah, only three of their linemen have played in all 10 games. So, uh, you know, Virginia Tech has been pretty fortunate the last two years despite lack of offensive line depth. They really haven't had offensive line injuries. Um, and, and, you know, NC State has some of the same depth issues but they have had some injuries this year and they have, so they've had to move their starting right tackle into right guard and now they start a little bit of an undersized redshirt freshman at right tackle and you know you line if you know that could be an advantage APR this week maybe that 10th sack is coming up this week although I don't expect a lot of dropbacks from NC state I think they only threw it what 15 or 17 times or something like like, like that against wake forest this past weekend they're not a team like they know who they are at this point uh they know they have a really strong defense and they should just lean on the running game and don't turn it over and i know that sounds boring like boring football but that style of football won virginia tech a lot of football games over the years
3: i don't think you look at dave dorn and go he's gonna play an exciting brand of football i think (laughs) And Doran is fine with being boring if they win eight, nine games like, like NC State's been doing five of the last six years. I think this would be six of seven if they get to, to eight wins this year. So uh, it's really only had one flop of a year in there, uh, but they've produced year in, year out. They've been a pretty consistent program and not quite to that 10 win level. I don't think I think NC State has one 10 win season in its history uh, and was robbed of that chance and that uh Holiday Bowl that got canceled that one oh, that's year, right. I believe. So that, that's why they were really angry about that because yeah. they had a chance to do something that only that Phillip Rivers team did back in 2002, 2003, yeah. whatever it was. So, uh, this is a pretty consistently strong program. I wouldn't say you would never say it's an exciting program when you're describing NC State, they're probably fine with that.
2: Concepcion has kind of stepped up not necessarily into the running back position he's still playing wide receiver But he's taken a lot of carries and that kind of started early in the season We've talked about it on the podcast before the fact that that running back room has kind of gone through a little bit of turmoil This year and has had some significant question marks as well
0: Jordan Houston decided he didn't want to be part of things after four games and uh, and shut it down to red shirt um, And I think they've used three or four backs then since then but Michael Allen is technically their starter He's got 52 carries this year. So your are starting running back through 10 games is averaging 5.2 carries per game. So that's how little they lean on the running back. And uh, it's, it's, an un, it's an unconventional offense because of that. They don't have much of a running game, so you feel like they have to throw it more, but they only have one good wide receiver lots of problems if you're the offensive coordinator and uh I, I think they figured out their identity though and I th- you know w- with Armstrong I th- they just think you he gives you a better chance of establishing an identity which is a running game it doesn't have to be a traditional running game with the running back it can be jet sweeps with a receiver with the quarterback running it a whole lot and then when you get it second short then you can throw the football But having a great defense, like this is a Louisville-level defense, statistically. Um, It's a Louisville-level defense. Lots of really good players. Very well-coached defense as well. Uh, I think you have the luxury to be that type of offense when you know that the other team's not going to score very much on you.
2: We're going to get into the defense in just a second. Just want to break down a couple of numbers here, Chris, that you had put up in your article. Uh, Offensive rankings for NC State, really towards not only the bottom half of the country, I'd say the back fourth um, of the country. Rushing yards, uh, number 84 in the country. Yards per carry, number 88 in the country. Uh, Passing, 114th. yards uh, Yards per attempt, 116th. Uh, total yardage, 108th, and then available yards. This is the worst one, uh, One twenty six in the country.
0: My, available yards might be my favorite stat. So let's say you start out on your own 20-yard line. There are 80 yards of total offense available for you to the end zone. If you end your drive on the opponent's 20 and kick a field goal, you picked up 60 of those 80 yards. So you had a, you had a 75% available yards rate uh meanwhile if if you get a turnover and you start at the 50 and you go 50 yards for a touchdown you gained 100 percent of the yards available to you but you're behind the other team in total offense because you had a shorter field that's why I don't put as as much stock in the total offense I like the available yards stat I think they're only gaining 35 percent of the available yards to them this year which is not very good I mean it doesn't get much worse than that actually
2: on the flip side of that, so so you were close. It's 33 that they're gaining in available yards, right? They're only allowing the 35%, 35. and yep. their defense is unbelievable. You look at some of the defensive numbers, a complete flip of the script. Rushing 15th in the country. Yards per carry, 23rd. Passing is 49th. Yards per attempt, 35th. Total offense, uh, total opposing offense 21 and then available yards again you go back to that number 12 in the country
0: so uh, they are just so dominant on the defensive side of the football yeah they really are like they they had two bad games Notre Dame and I, I don't I'm not sure Notre Dame's had their struggles offensively since then I'm not sure NC State would play that way again but but again like how much of that was NC State's bad offense just hanging, hanging their defense out to dry, and that, they didn't have a good game against Marshall either. But MJ Morris also threw three interceptions in that game, so that certainly didn't help their defense. Um, so uh, overall, you know, this is a defense that puts them in a position to win just about every week. And they lost to Notre Dame, and you could say that was a team loss. But you know, other than that, um, I mean, th- this is a team that with just an average offense probably could be nine and one right now. I'm a, oh, go ahead, Andy. Two former Hokies coaches on the defensive staff yes. there,
3: Charlie Wiles, Brian Mitchell.
0: Yeah, Brian Mitchell did a great job developing a guy like Caleb Farley at Virginia Tech. I mean, he turned Caleb Farley from a guy who never played defense in high school to for that one year the most locked-down cornerback in the country. And obviously what Charlie Wiles has done, he was Bud's one of Bud's best friends and, and his right-hand man had developed plenty of good defensive linemen at Tech. What he's done down there is impressive because late in his coaching career – He's transitioned from the Bud Foster even front one gap defensive scheme to Tony Gibson's odd front three three five defense. You're you're coaching a completely different type of scheme, different techniques to a certain extent, different types of players. Like he's not recruiting twitchy defensive ends anymore. His defensive ends are 280 and 290, right? His defensive ends at NC State would be playing defensive tackle for him at, at Virginia Tech. It's just a completely different scheme. Normally, you don't see a guy change schemes like that and show an ability to change schemes like that late in his career, like go from one scheme to the next. Uh, and it's it's kind of interesting, you know, when it, when NC State changed their defense or they promoted Tony Gibson to full-time defensive coordinator was after that year they went 4-8, and eight, the one bad year they had in the last seven or eight years or whatever. It's a little bit surprising that they would actually go out and hire a defensive line coach who had never coached that style of defense before. They did it, and it's worked out. And to Charlie Wiles' credit, you know, I think he's probably a more complete coach now than than he was when, when he left. He's got a great resume now. I think he's shown he can coach in two styles of defense, so he's done a great job. Really, one of the most uh, entertaining and affable Virginia Tech assistants oh, yeah. over the years, it, as well. top of the list. Yes.
3: of guys that, that covered over the years, just can. Just a down to earth guy when you talked to him. I mean, maybe Tech should have kept held on to him. I mean, you look at it, it, you know what they did after that defensive line wise. Now J.C. Price, uh, you know, played with for Bud in, in the system and everything. And I think they, they like where they are with him there. But you know, it didn't seem like uh, anything was wrong with how Charlie was doing things when he was
0: here. Yeah, I think the biggest concern was when they went from the Foster scheme to the Justin Hamilton scheme. I remember Justin Hamilton only played one year of defense at tech. He played in more defensive schemes that were not Foster's scheme than he did in Foster's scheme. So that was a different. They were using their defense different li- their defensive linemen differently. In a lot of cases, I would say more block occupiers than, you know, go in there and try to make the tackle for a loss yourself and shoot through. And they weren't sure that Wiles could transition to such a scheme, which makes sense. But as it turned out, he did transition yeah, he to such can. a scheme, <laughs> just somewhere else. <laughs>
2: well, Chris, I, I want to ask you this. This was a question I had. Break down for you know, kind of dumb it down for for some people. Tony Gibson's three three odd front defense. What does that look like? What can they expect? I know you said it's it's similar to three three five, which mm-hmm. uh, Syracuse runs and Tech played them earlier this year.
0: Yeah, um, Tech historically haven't hasn't done quite as well against odd front defenses, although obviously they did against Syracuse it's not exactly as it sounds like there are three defensive linemen and three linebackers but in a lot of cases you know those outside linebackers are up I mean sometimes it'll look like an old school 5-2 defense um it's not just going to be like oh we got three guys on the line of scrimmage and everybody else is backed off the line of scrimmage that that's not how it, it works uh you know, their, their defensive coordinator was a longtime defensive coordinator for uh Rich Rodriguez at West Virginia and Michigan and even going back to I think they're like Glenville was it Glenville State. Glenville State. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um so even going back far, he's an old school coach. The three three five as it used to be called like the three three five stack, it would really confuse defenses because you would line linebackers up directly behind a defensive lineman. And this was back when man blocking schemes were maybe a little more prevalent than zone blocking schemes, and and you're trying you're, as an offensive lineman, you're true trying to figure out which man you're supposed to be blocking, but if you're lining up the linebacker directly behind, say you, you know a defensive end or, or or a defensive tackle, you don't know which gap he's going into, so you don't know which man is going to be your man, and it was defenses like that that really brought zone blocking more and more into the forefront because it was really difficult for offensive linemen to to identify who they needed to block. And, you know, Tony Gibson was part of that. Now, his, obviously those types of defenses have transitioned through the years. Maybe they're a little more traditional, a little less stack-like these days because zone blocking has, uh, zone has changed a lot of things. Back in the day, Virginia Tech, they didn't play a stack defense, but they used to shift their defensive line right before the snap destroyed all sorts of man blocking schemes from the opposition because the guy you were supposed to be blocking is now one gap over you can't block him anymore you're trying to make the adjustment on your head everybody's blocking assignment changes boom, boom the ball snapped right and it screws up your blocking assignments that 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 type of defense is really that caused more than anything the switch from man blocking to zone blocking throughout the years
2: Well, one guy that uh, Andy had mentioned earlier in the show, Peyton Wilson, linebacker, he actually chose NC State over North Carolina and Virginia Tech back in the day, now probably one of the best in the ACC, if not the country.
0: Dave Doran keeps saying he's the best defensive player in the country. And, you know, sometimes can be a little bit hyperbole when... Uh, a coach says that about one of his own players, but if you watch Peyton play football this year, and I, you can make a st- strong argument uh, for any for all linebackers. So I think there's 211 linebackers with more than 400 snaps this year in college football, and I think these the third highest graded. 112 tackles, 12 tackles for loss, four sacks, two what two interceptions, including the big pick six, a couple fumble recoveries. I mean, he's always around the ball. He's a big guy who can run. Um, he's, uh, probably a they say a second day NFL pick right now, we'll see. Uh, he's a guy who's overcome an ACL injury, I believe earlier in his career. Maybe, I think maybe when he was in high school, he had an ACL injury and, and some schools maybe backed off of him a little bit. And, and he ended up choosing, uh, NC state. I, I remember when he was being recruited, I'm sitting there thinking it's going to be tough to pull him out of that area. I mean, he's from, he's from. Within an hour, or probably within forty-five minutes of both those campuses down there, and I'm like, really want him to come to Virginia Tech, but at the same time, he's probably going to stay in state. Just please don't go to UNC. I think that was my my original feeling when he was being recruited. I don't remember. He might. There was a time when I thought he was going to UNC or maybe was he even committed to UNC. I don't even. I don't remember. But went to NC State. I think it's. Uh, I think that was a wise move for him because. Highly touted defensive players at UNC—they generally have not lived up under the high under live up to the hype down there in the Mac Brown tenure.
3: Yeah, well, under P- Pry said that he recruited him to right. Penn State. Penn State. Uh, you know, he knows a thing or two about linebackers. And when he was evaluated, evaluate him this week, he's like, "There's no weaknesses there. Uh, he's just a solid all-around player. Uh, you know, really runs that defense. Uh, you know, he was asked how you." attack a guy like that and he said you know typically you would try to to change their eyes or where they're looking with misdirection and stuff like that but he's one that can diagnose it pretty well so uh i don't know how you go about attacking him but you have to account (laughs) for him somehow because you can't just let him run free and and wreck whatever you're going to do offensively you have to account for him on every play Last little bit here before we get it
2: over to David in the fourth chair. Uh, This is a team that is pretty dangerous on special teams, Chris. One of the first teams this year that we can look at that category and say, hey, that could play a factor in this ballgame. They're really, really good in the return game, and they got a kicker that, you know, he he, he hasn't necessarily made every
0: kick, but he has a long of 57, so he can kick it from pretty much anywhere. I I think he's 12 of 16, long of 57. Two of his misses, two of his four misses were beyond 50 yards. Um, I think he's a perfect six of six from between 40 and 49. So you got a guy who can make long field goals and is, you know, was a pretty consistent guy overall, too. So he's quite a weapon. Uh, the, their return men have had success, although I will stress that their kickoff return for a touchdown came against BMI. And, uh, and and a, one or two of their good punt returns also came against VMI, so those stats might be a little bit skewed. Slandering but, the key debts here, yeah, my goodness. Well, they're on Virginia <laughs> Tech's future schedule, so, so the Hokies will have their own chance to pad their stats but in the battle of I-81. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think they're good at special teams. Um, I think they're more dangerous on special teams than the last few teams the Hokies have played. I'll put it that way.
1: Fair enough. David, what you got for us over in the fourth chair? You guys were talking about <clears throat> you guys were talking about Wilson yesterday. He was named one of five five finalists for the Bronco Nagurski Trophy, which is presented to the top defensive player in football. He's good. Yeah, like it's not like he's just an All American good. Like he's one of the best players in the country. NC State tweeted this an hour ago. Football, according to ESPN stats, Peyton Wilson is the only FBS player in the last twenty years with 100 tackles, 10 tackles for loss, 10 quarterback pressures, two fumble recoveries, two interceptions and one touchdown in a single season. Wow. So, he's he he's the the real deal. Um what what kind of in in a game like this, what kind of impact can he have? Like well, in terms of being a game changer.
0: I think he's the type of player that can impact any play at any time he's, he's that good like you said he's not just some like random all-american he's a guy with a legitimate chance to to win that trophy maybe um he probably won't win it but like if he had a michigan uniform on or an alabama uniform on so he, he could win it i mean I, I think he's one of the better kept secrets in, in college football maybe I, I think i think you have to contain him and then attack elsewhere I think that's the best way to go about it. I think he's he's gained so much more consistency throughout his career. There have been seasons in the past where you know he's had plenty of tackles and a large number of tackles for loss. He's always been a playmaker, but you could also sometimes catch him at a position uh, with misdirection and things like that, um, which obviously Virginia Tech has been quite good at this year. But he's such an experienced player now that he doesn't fall for that type of stuff.
3: Yeah, I think when you have a standout cornerback on a defense, you go, okay, well, just throw it away from him. Or if you have a standout pass rusher off the edge, you're like, okay, well, just double team him off the end, have a tight end, stay in or something like that. A little bit tougher to, to target a linebacker on defense and, and avoid him because he's right in the middle. He's going to be in the mix on every single play. He's going to affect passing plays and running plays. So, uh, yeah, I think it'll be a real challenge for uh, Tyler Bowen and, and how he approaches this offensive scheme this week.
1: Uh, Andy, you were a practice yesterday. Um everybody always wants to know about injuries. Jalen stroman and uh and Jalen Jones are oh they were practicing?
3: They were practicing.
1: They were in regular
3: uniform Sounds like one has a, a left shoulder issue, one has a right shoulder issue. Uh <laughs> so together they're one healthy safety that they have back there. Um you know we'll see. I mean stroman has practiced before then it gets to Saturday and it's like, well they they don't think he can take the the physical contact on his shoulder like that. So uh, I think it's going to go down to game time with Stroman, maybe a little more bullish on, on Jalen Jones just based on, uh, you know, he played last week, a slight injury and had to come out. But he was out there with Peoples running with the ones when we were out there. So I would imagine Jones plays. I think Strowman has a better chance to play this week. But on the whole, they're a pretty healthy group
0: uh, offense and defense. Not too many guys that are missing right now. I think if they had it to do over again, they probably wouldn't have played Strowman against Louisville. I know he didn't play a lot. In yeah. That, that was one that it yeah. felt like they
3: were put, I mean, certainly when you, you look at the result, you go, well, yeah, shouldn't have played the point? At, yeah. at all on that one. But I, I think he tried to push it there and it was pretty obvious. He only played 10 snaps, mm-hmm. I think something like that. And then came out of the game. So, uh, yeah, I think it's one of those things where you just need to rest a little bit. If it's a shoulder injury and the contact is what you can't take. I mean, that's, you sort of need that. You can't avoid that as a safety. You're going to, that's going to come into play at some yeah. point.
1: Uh, another question for you Chris Um, somebody asked about Aiden Green Mm -hmm. Um, he's a true freshman wide receiver who's played gotten some good snaps Um, they asked is Aiden Green earning more time with his blocking any PFF grade insights?
0: uh yeah good question Um, fortunately I have those numbers I saw that question so I took them down Tech's most recent games First of all, he's played 222 snaps this year, which I believe is probably tops of all true freshmen. Generally speaking, his appearances have been pretty consistent. Although against Louisville recently, he only played nine snaps, but against Boston College, he played 33. Now, as far as how he does in the running game, for a true freshman who still is quite obviously not at peak physical strength yet, he's done pretty well in the run game. So Virginia Tech, or excuse me, Boston College, 26 of his 33 snaps were run snaps when he was run blocking. Uh, Syracuse, it was 27 of 36. Wake Forest, it was 14 of 19. Pitt, 21 of 23. Against Louisville, when Virginia Tech didn't have the ball for very many snaps to begin with, and you know they were going to throw it more anyway, he only played nine snaps in that game. So they definitely seem... Like, they're very, very comfortable with him blocking. Um, He's only caught four passes this year as a true freshman in 222 snaps, which, you know, doesn't seem like a lot. And it isn't a lot. But, like, the pit game when 21 of the 23 plays you're in the game for is – running play. You don't exactly have a chance to catch very many passes. Um so yeah, I think there's something to that that they they clearly feel pretty confident in putting him out there when they're running the football. His role in the passing game will expand in time. I think he's a very talented receiver and the fact that he's been able to hold up in in the run game as a true freshman, I think as a testament probably to his, you know, toughness and maybe his natural strength because a lot of times that's where you see Young players struggle at wide receiver. They're not as good uh, blocking, the, you know. The older, bigger, you know, more experienced players. So, uh, but he's done a good job of it this year for sure.
1: The the last thing I want to bring up is, um, you you guys both kind of touched on Andy. You mentioned Brendan Arm. Brandon Armstrong doesn't really have anything to lose now. Like hmm. this is kind of his second chance. Um, he was twelve of seventeen for 113 yards and a touchdown passing last week. NC State ran for 266 yards against Wake Forest. When Tech played Wake Forest back in uh, in mid-October, Tech only ran for 154 yards. Kyron Jones led the way with, with 15 carries for 65 yards in that game. Brennan Armstrong had 50, 15 carries for 96 yards. You mentioned Concepcion. Uh, he was t- their second leading rusher with 86 yards on five carries. Um, And then they had the two running backs, Kendrick Raphael and and Delbert Mims. They combined for 87 yards. So very weird, I guess, offense. In in, in terms of preparation, Andy, Chris, what do you expect Tech to do in terms of trying to contain Brennan Armstrong? Do you expect Tech to just kind of go full out, full focus on Armstrong and then just say,
0: you know, we'll let... Dorian Strong kind of win that try to win that one-on- one matchup against Concepcion? I definitely think so. Uh, I think as bad as they've been in the passing game this year with only one good receiver, I would say, you know I, I do think you you play a safety in the box and I think you have to be very disciplined on the edge you know with Concepcion getting getting carries obviously, but for the most part, I, I think if you shut them down in the box, you're going to shut down their offense, and if, if they can beat you through the air with this passing game, you tip your cap. But the, the number the, the first thing you have to stop is their running game.'d you say it was 286 yards last week? 266. 266? I think it took them a long time to recognize that their identity. And I think when, when M.J Morris decided I think they were grasping at Straws when they weren't doing well offensively, so they benched their quarterback, which I don't think was the right decision and they grasped at straws, they couldn't find a straw, and then M.J. Morris did them a favor by deciding he was going to redshirt. And now I think they finally figured out their identity on offense, which is run, 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 and occasionally pass it.
1: Andy? Andy? I don't really have have any thoughts to add to that. I I, I
3: think the the defensive focus for the Hokies is the same every week. Stop the run first make them beat you in the air, make them have to throw the ball. Um, You know, it's been a challenge for them most of the season trying to even stop the run in the first place. I I think you have to, I think if you ask any defensive coordinator, that's what they're going to say. Stop the run first, make them throw it, because I I think you just have a better chance uh, at stopping it if
1: if that's the way the offense is playing. In terms of NC State's receiving, just looking at that Wake Forest box score, um, Wake's leading receiver in terms of yards was Dakari Collins, He's six four. I think that <clears throat> I think that's something to keep in mind. He's six four. He's a redshirt sophomore. Tech doesn't have any guys that are that tall. So that's just in terms of length, something to keep an eye on. Um but Concepcion only had three catches last week. So very interesting how they use him. Five carries as yeah, a wide receiver,
0: he, but only three catches, right? I think yeah. I think
1: it's very interesting just in terms of how tech is Andy mentioned yes, you, you you stop the run first, but it's very interesting when you look at this matchup. This is not an ordinary offense in in terms of the way they run it. I mean, it's basically stop Brennan Armstrong. All right, well, it's a good time to
2: tell everybody that Tech Sideline is presented by First Bank and Trust Company, but the Tech Sideline podcast is also brought to you by The Hokey Way. Coming soon, The Hokey Way's 2023 year-end fundraiser aimed at raising $250,000 for Virginia Tech NIL. Get ready to make a difference with your tax-deductible donation. Fellas, time for a little buy or sell, our favorite game of the week. Sure. All right, let's run it. Just to uh, go over the standings a little bit here. This past week, Chris won the week. He went 15 and 10. David went 10 and 15. Andy went 13 and 12. Chris and Andy are tied all time at 62%. So these final two weeks are absolutely massive. David is at 52%. Will, below the Mendoza line, at 47%. We take it to the top of the order. Kyron Drones two or more touchdowns we'll start with david accounted for accounting for two or more touchdowns will
0: mm, i'll i'll buy it all right if andy. it's
3: accounted for i i will buy
0: all right i will buy as well
3: i think last year was last week was a little bit of an aberration uh i mean he had two last week correct, yeah, correct. But i mean the, the number of touchdowns they had you would have thought he would have had more <laughs> no uh, involvement in the, the scores than he did
2: right facial two in any
3: time touchdown we'll start with andy The way he was running last week, the tough running, I think he can get a tough yard down near the goal line. I will say bye. Chris. Bye. David. Sell. Selling. All right. Virginia Tech,
2: 40% or better on third down. Last week I set the line at 45%. They went 46%. We'll start with Chris. And what'd you set it at? 40% for this week. Sell. Selling. All right. Andy. I'm going to sell. This is a really good defense. All right. David. Sell. All right. NC State, 35% or better on third down themselves. Sell. All right. I'm, going to selling, in... I'm selling too. I think it's a bad offense. Ugly defensive football. David? I should sell. He's going to sell? All yeah, right. I'm going to sell it. I'll sell it. All right. Virginia Tech, 50% or better in the red zone on the touchdown to field goal ratio. We'll start with Andy.
3: I'm... <sighs> I think the, the score that I picked, I should probably buy, but thinking about, it, I'm, I'm going to sell on that. I, I think this is just a tough defense to score on.
2: Kicking some field goals. All right, we'll go David next. So, selling. All right, Chris. Mm. I, I've I'd I've got him, I've four. got him scoring,
0: I've got him scoring twenty four points. So how many of those do I see maybe be in long touchdowns from outside the red that's zone? That's what uh, I was thinking. Yeah. To, I
3: have them with 24 points, too. So maybe my score they is can not you go lighted.
0: to the red zone wow, four that's times. A, that's a, that's a tough 24 one. points can also be eight field goals. That's, uh, so. it, that's true. That's a good point. I'll go ahead and buy, but I'm not 100% confident.
2: All right. Anymore. All right. Well, I like this. This is the first time so far today that Chris and Andy have picked something
0: different. So it had that, to
2: happen at some it's, point. It's good. That's going to be. I mean, when you guys are tied like that, that's going to be what makes the difference we, we here. Just, yeah, coming down to the the wire, just like the ACC title. That's, that's right. Spread, yeah. Yeah. Virginia Tech forces a turnover. We'll start with Chris. Uh,
0: bye.
3: I'll buy that one too. I, I right. think I think Armstrong uh, tends to try to make a play. A lot and if that happens you can get in trouble
1: Decona yeah I'm gonna buy for the same reason I think this is a this is a defense Brennan Armstrong him playing with a little bit of reckless abandon he always kind of did that at UVA Mm -hmm. maybe more so now that he doesn't have anything to lose but I think at, at some point that might bite you maybe Dorian Strong gets another interception we'll see all
2: right how about NC State forcing a turnover in this one drones only has
0: two picks on the year but Tech seems to put it on the ground every yeah, game. Fumble Somebody bug goes. is there.
2: Uh, bye, bye. All right, we'll go David next. Bye, Andy. I'll be different. I'll sell on this one. All right, I like it. <laughs> I like it. This one. Uh, this one. I think. I think it'll hit. Kyron drones plays the entire game here. Bye. And the, and I don't even mean due to injury. I mean, that could play a factor in this. I mean more so like entering the first, fourth quarter. They put in Grant Wells last
0: week. Grant got snaps the week before against Louisville. Well, I don't anticipate this being a three-touchdown game going into the fourth quarter. Right. So, I'm definitely buying. Definitely yeah, I, buying. I figured.
3: I'll buy this one. The All only right. only way he doesn't is if it's injury-related. Buy. Same thing. Everyone's Same buying. Thing. Yeah, yeah.
0: I might be free
2: points. Yeah. Quan Felton, anytime touchdown. We'll so, start with Andy. Oh, we'll I
3: will sell this one. Sorry, Chris. Uh, no, you're good. Sorry. I, I have drones accounting for a couple. I don't know if it'll necessarily go to Felton. Okay. Dave, so.
1: Everybody's selling. I I, I, think, no love I for think it's quant. a, I, I think it could be like a, an unsung hero. Like maybe like a Benji Gosnell, you know, like uh like if tech is going to score um, against this really good defense, it's going to have to do maybe a little thing. Something unconventional, maybe. I'm expecting a touchdown maybe from somebody that doesn't usually score. Like last week was Stephen Gosnell's first Tech touchdown. Maybe mm-hmm. Benji gets one. I'm hearing Malachi Thomas touchdown pass. Daquan Ryan.
0: Right. Right. Mm. This time maybe a throwback to drones. He threw right. it to Felton the last time. Yeah. So Philly yeah. special maybe. Ooh.
2: How about Kevin Concepcion? Five or more carries in this ooh,
0: one. Chris. Ooh, five or more. I think I think his most is six. He had five last week. Uh, I'll buy
3: He's gonna buy. All right, Andy. I'll sell S- if it is top. If he topped out at five, reaching that top level, I, I will sell.
2: I'm gonna buy it. He's gonna buy it. I'm gonna. He's I gonna think it's it. gonna be. I think it's gonna be a run heavy. To break it down for state. you, in the last couple of games here, against Marshall he had one, and then against Duke he had four, against Clemson he had two, against Miami he had six, against Wake he had five. So it is a it
0: is a higher line. I think you. I think if you had if you redid this one, you would ask. Concepcion, buy or sell he has more carries than catches Ooh, that would be a good okay
2: one. okay well there is a question coming up on uh, on more conception and it's right Huff. here five or more receptions so chris is selling yeah i'll sell that one
1: too i'll buy it
2: all right virginia tech two or more sacks andy
3: I'm going to buy with the, the the shuffling they've had on the the offensive line with NC State. I think Tech gets there, especially if
1: they had none last week. I think they'll be pretty hungry to get some. David, I think Virginia Tech is back at home. I I think I think Tech can disrupt at times. I'm not going to say it's going to be consistent disruption, but I think Tech gets to
0: Brennan Armstrong at least twice. You know, uh, Tech couldn't didn't get really any sacks. I mean, did they did they get a sack against Louisville? They got one. One and it It was Cole Nelson, Cole Nelson. Cole Nelson. Right, right? And uh, you know, NC State's ideally like they threw it seventeen times against Wake. They're not going to throw it very much against Tech, so the opportunities for sacks are going to be limited. But I also don't think Virginia Tech will allow as many yards in the running game as Wake Forest did mm. because Tech 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 gets gashed by good running teams, but they shut everybody else down um, for the most part and. Uh, so I think NC State may have to throw it a little bit more this week than 17 times. So I'll I'll buy. Mm-hmm. I'll say it'll be right at two. I, it's funny
2: earlier in the show, and it was before we started the segment. So so I don't I don't think this is fraudulent or illegal. But please correct me if I'm wrong. Chris had I had it. I had the line at three. And then Chris was talking about how they're not going to have as much opportunity to sack the quarterback because they're not going to throw a ton. And I went, oh, let me let me go down there and make
0: that two or more <laughs> yeah, sags. Yeah, It's Just <laughs> like Vegas changing the line before that's the right. game starts. It's right, find
2: information. Right, Change right. the line. Brandon Armstrong, forty or more rushing yards. We'll start with uh, we'll start with David. Buy,
3: buying it. Yeah, I'll buy two. I, I think they're going to have to. He is their running
0: game. <laughs> Contain you know? the most magic. of it. I, th- I think Chris, he will run. That's a tough work in two games against tech i don't think he's had 40 rushing yards in either game tech has shut him down on the ground yeah. the, the two years he played for uva that said when he was at uva they were uh they didn't have they were pass first <laughs> yeah, they, they were a yeah, great rushing right, so, to an offensive linemen, right 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 yeah exactly pass first offense only tackles. in the crunch yep crunch time <laughs> so but this this it's going to be a focus for them to run the ball rather than you know, it was more of a focus for him to pass it, and then he was kind of a scrambler. So yeah, I'll, I'll buy that too. All
2: right, Kyron Drones, fifty-five or more rushing yards. We'll start
3: with Andy. I'm going to go sell. Ooh. Uh I think they will lean on him. I, I think this is a tough team to move the ball against, though. Chris,
0: fifty-five. Um, he's got five forty-one for the season. He started what eight games. I'll, hmm, I'll buy that. All, all it's, okay. I don't think there's going to be like consistent yardage, but all it takes is like one twenty-five or thirty yarder to break it to, open. to to break it open, so to speak. So I'll, I'll buy it, David.
1: I'm gonna buy it. I think he gets right around sixty. I, okay. I think I think I I can see him breaking off one or two. Um, I think this is a game where, you know, if Tech is like like maybe he. Maybe, you know, drones getting open or drones moving the ball in the run game. You know, again, this is, like Andy said, hard defense to move the ball against. But if if Tech is going to win this game, Drones is going to have to have a big game on the ground. Like that is, you know, it has to be more than Bashaw Tootin. Drones is going to have to factor in. I think you look at, I could see him get like 70 on the ground,
3: but then you have to factor in sack yardage. I think mm. NC State's a team that does get after the quarterback. Uh, that could drop down that toe a little bit and get it under 55. It
2: is net. It is net yardage. Uh, Virginia Tech, 200 or more passing yards. We'll start with Chris. So. All right. Andy? 200 or more passing. Let's buy that one. All right. I like it. A lot of mix up this week. This is good. David.
1: We'll sell it. I. Sell it. I yeah, I I think it's gonna be. I think their tech's gonna try to be more run heavy. Um, I
0: don't. NC State's got some good corners. They do. They sure do.
2: Kyron Drones. This is a, this is a stat category we have not thrown in the mix yet. Kyron Drones, quarterback rating of seventy or higher. We'll start with David. Oh, uh, which.
0: Which quarterback rating are, are we you talking about? Are you using the
3: QBR on ESPN?
0: QBR on ESPN. So I don't even know what's good. I don't in QBR. Yeah, I don't okay, think.
3: fifty <laughs> is average. Okay, on that. Do we want to scrap
0: that? And does and that
3: d- come up with Q- the That's a tough question. one to. Does, d- does that include rushing? It does factor in how a player okay. rushes. Okay, seventy is a pretty good game. Uh, uh, I don't yeah, know what he was. That was kind of the,
2: the average of what he has done. What year? was he last week? Let's see. Kyron Jones last week in QBR, he had ninety-two point seven. With that he was,
3: was exceptional, right? right, right.
2: Against Syracuse, he had a seventy-four. Against week
3: he had a forty-eight. If we're doing this one, I would probably say under because I think I this is a good
0: defense. It. Yeah, I, I would under. sell. What do we want to play it? We'll, we'll play, play it. We'll okay. play it. Now that I understand, okay. what exactly how it's done? Sure. Who's okay. going first? We already sold. I guess I'm going last. Uh, I will sell also. <laughs> okay. um, just. Uh, uh, Just that's not indicative of drones. I just NC state's defense is really good.
2: Yeah. No, it, it is interesting to look at because it really is all over the place. Like wake forest tech blew them out. Beat him thirty to thirteen and hit a forty-eight QBR, he had over 300,
0: uh, 300 yards that game. Yeah, yeah. so bizarre. And then and that's then, why it's tough to like, oh,
3: over out like yardage you can visualize it in your mind. Right. A QBR, it's like, well, right. I don't really know what goes into yeah. that calculation. So yards per attempt. And right. Touchdowns
0: to interceptions. Efficiency yeah. mostly. Yeah.
2: Malachi Thomas, twenty or more rushing yards. We'll start
0: with Andy. Twenty, I'll say over. Oh, bye. He only okay. had three carries last week, which I thought was interesting. For 38 yards. But he made though. the most out of them. Yeah. Uh, 20? 20. Bye. Okay. David? Bye. Everybody likes and, Malachi and Thomas.
2: Malachi Thomas to any time touchdown? I'm not so sure. It's <laughs> no. not in there. It's not in there. Steven Gosnell, two or more receptions. David?
1: I'll buy it. I think he
2: gets
0: two. All right. Andy? Two, I'm going to buy. Chris. Maybe he's your random touchdown guy. Yeah. David. Okay, uh, two or more. Sell
2: selling all right, NC State less than a hundred rushing yards.
0: Chris, (laughs) tech generally either gives up nothing or they get completely gassed for like 300 until last week, until last week, until last week. Uh, and you set it at how many yards? A hundred, a hundred. Uh, bye NC State less than a hundred.
2: Oh, oh, no, 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 less than a
0: hundred. Oh, sorry, sell. Okay, 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 okay.
2: There you go, there you go, there. Glad I reiterated. Yeah, less than hundred for NC State, Andy.
3: Uh, I think they will finish with more than hundred. So that okay. means I'm
1: selling that. You're selling, okay? David will. I'm n- on the same. I'm right. on the same page. You're yeah. selling. All right. I, NC
2: State. Oh, you got. Yeah.
1: No, I was just gonna say this is a, like this is this is a very this is gonna be a very run heavy game. Like I would be shocked if we get. More than twenty-five total passes in this game.
2: You know what that means? It means we're going to be home by like seven thirty. Well, that'll be (laughs) be a third week in a row, or it's a really fast game.
3: Well, uh, we were saying all these same things about last week's game. Oh, it's going to be run heavy. It's going to be an ugly game. Then they scored seventy points. and We look like idiots. We also said that about the Pitt game, the Wake (laughs) Forest game. (laughs) It has been incorrect so far. Yeah.
2: Um, NC State less than one hundred and fifty passing yards, Chris. Then
0: uh, buy that.
2: Buying that, David. I'm oops, buy. sorry, Andy. we trying only, to mix it up. Yeah, around. I'm also gonna buy that. He's one. gonna buy it. All right, David, what you got? I bought it. Bought it. Everybody's buying it. All right. So you you think they're gonna have more than a hundred? Everybody thinks they're gonna have more than a hundred in the rushing department, less than a hundred on the passing side. Jalen Lane, forty or more receiving yards. David,
1: I'll buy it. I think I think Lane is somebody that. Tech can you like you know, maybe Lane's the guy that get that gets tech on the board. I think I think this is a this is a game for gad for gadget plays and and using Lane out of the slot. I think he could be a potential X factor this weekend.
2: Every time we play a game in Lane Stadium that we say is gonna rock fight, it feels like Jalen Lane breaks
0: one for 70 on those slant routes over the middle. So uh, what do you got, Chris? Bye. Right. But I, I feel like just like the 2019 offensive change in the middle of the season, like all of a sudden Tech's wide receivers didn't catch nearly as many passes, right? Uh, like Damon Hazelton goes from like 56 catches to like 30, and again, this offensive change is Virginia Tech is winning football games because of it. They did exactly what they needed to do, but I don't know if it's going to be like really attractive for like wide receiver recruiting in the future. Because I think Jalen Lane's a really good player. Just doesn't catch that many passes, you know, when it, when it comes down to it. Uh, not through his fault, but what did Tech throw the ball? 17 times last week or something like that? 19 times? There's just not that many opportunities. But but this week, buy Sure. Yeah, I'll, right. I'll buy it. He's the best receiver. I think
3: he can get to 40. Daquan Wright, two or more catches. Andy? I'm going to buy, uh, just based on... He reeled that one in last week like one handed mm-hmm. like what a tight window and a great catch on that one uh I just think he's a a very good pass catching tight end i th- i think he'll he'll be involved in this one i
0: i think you have to try to get him involved this week. you gotta find as many ways as you can to attack n c state because they're so good uh I'll buy that one too I'll David
1: sell it ooh just to be
0: different Aiden- I like that line though too's probably about right yeah. sweet
2: Aiden green one or more
0: catches in this one we will start with david so. Chris. Well, with the numbers we went over earlier, he's not just not on the field very often for yeah. passing plays. Um, I, I have to sell that one, too. Sell? Andy. Yeah, I'm going to sell. Right. I, at this stage of his career, I don't think
3: he's a big part of the passing offense. Over-under is 43-and-a-half.
2: Is it really? It is. What are, what are we Ooh. thinking on that? Over <laughs> or under? We'll My score Chris. prediction
0: was 24-16. I'm going under on My, this one. Mine was 24-20. to so I'm over by half a point, so I guess I have to go over. Over. All right, David. That, what a great line, though. That's
1: over.
2: Well, I can't take credit for the line. That's yeah, Vegas. I, I know. <laughs> they know what they're doing.
3: Over. Over. It's always going to be like, I'm over by a half point, so I guess I have to take the, yeah. <laughs> the over. You didn't feel confident about right. that one. All right, David,
2: you said over, right? All right, beautiful. Virginia Tech wins it. We'll start with Andy.
3: Uh, I am buying. I, I this is a game before the season I had them losing this one. Uh, I think the, with the way they play at home uh and the way that NC States play on the road. I, I don't think they've been a very solid road team. Uh I like the Hokies in this one. D Connor? I'm selling him. Oh, oh.
2: What a man. hater over Too here. Exactly. Right. Yeah, Gosh, what a hater. I tell you what, here's
1: <laughs> the most interesting thing. Everything you guys said for the majority of the podcast NC State is the better team. NC State should win this game. I don't know if we said they were the better team.
3: We said they have, they have the probably the best unit on the field. You change off the schemes defense. before
0: the season instead of the end of September. Okay. Virginia Tech 7-3 and three right now, and they're the exact Here's same thing. Here's
3: the thing. Is like they have a great defense, but we've seen great defenses at Virginia Tech that just eventually in a game just break under the strain of having to carry the the weight the entire time. And when you're out there and you can't make a mistake at any point because you know your offense is not going to be able to pick you up behind it, that's tough. And if you crack at any point, and all of a sudden it kind of snowballs a little bit and gets away from you, I I feel like that's Virginia Tech is a more balanced team offense and defense in this one. Maybe not as strong on either side of the ball as NC State is defensively, but I think uh, that NC State offense is a weight on this team, and that's tough
0: to overcome sometimes. Oddly enough, Tech is only two spots behind NC State in total defense. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. In no way do I think. It does not
3: match the eye test at all. In no way do
0: I think that Virginia Tech's defense is as good as NC State's. But Tech, like, like we said, Tech gets gashed by really, really, really good running games with really, really good running backs. They shut everybody else down. NC State doesn't have a really, really good running back. Uh, in fact, in this game, I think you know exactly what NC State's going to do. And I think Brandon Armstrong is a very effective runner, but I don't think he's like a dynamic runner. You, uh, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got Tech winning 24-20, to 20, a close game. That'll be the next corner to be turned is winning a close game as opposed to winning a blowout. Now, don't get me wrong. I'd rather go ahead and push the close games back to next year and go ahead and blow this one out just like all the other wins. Um, I, I, but again, you know, yeah, it's – Five and five versus seven and three, but you run this offense in September, you beat Purdue. You beat Marshall. And then it's seven and three versus seven and three. And and then Tech's probably a six or seven point favorite as opposed to a two or three point favorite or whatever whatever it is. Um, I I did hit when they brought Brennan Armstrong back, it did give me pause because I think he gives NC State a better chance to win. Than MJ Morse, in my opinion. But I, I just look at, I think to the tech offense, we'll present UNC, UNC. I'm sorry, NC State, but I just called you UNC. Um, that's <laughs> that's that, probably the well, biggest wouldn't, insult wouldn't that you've levied at my them. my worst this. enemy. Um, I think NC State has not been challenged defensively recently. Like, Wake's offense is really bad. Even Miami's offense has failed to hit 30 points in five of their last six games. Like, that's not a very good offense. who
3: wasn't exactly rolling. Exactly. So
0: I think Tech is going to give them more of a challenge with, with the Hokie offense than they faced recently. I, and, I, and I do think Tech, as bad as they played against Louisville, I don't think their offense is as bad as they showed that day. Um, I think it's going to be a close game, but I think Tech's going to win.
2: I'll say this much. Thinking about it here, we're talking about how good Brennan Armstrong is running the football and how dynamic he can be. I was way more afraid of both Garrett Schrader and Thomas Castellanos than I am Brennan Armstrong running the ball. And I'd argue that NC State's offensive line is probably worse than BC and on par with Syracuse in that
0: department. Yeah, probably. I I, th- I think if they had everybody healthy, that they'd probably be okay. Uh, their main thing is their lack of skill position. But here's your ultimate analysis of this game. Virginia Tech has a 100% winning percentage when I've drank Carlsberg beer before the <laughs> game this year. It said all it takes. Guess what is in my refrigerator right now? Like better probably be Carlsberg. 50 or 60 of those <laughs> beers, I would imagine. Tech wins. The Carlsberg effect.
2: All right, last question for you guys before we let it go, uh, and, and we talked very, very briefly on basketball. History between these two, you know, we didn't even mention it, 28-19 and all-time. Uh, Virginia Tech has 28 wins to 19 losses. Any fond memories between these two? They haven't played a whole ton since joining the conference because, again, no. they were on the Atlantic side. Uh, NC State was on the Atlantic side, and, and obviously Tech in the coastal. Tech, though, since joining the ACC, uh, they have won
0: five out of uh, seven against the Wolfpack. I remember the 20- 2009 game ryan williams like dragging an nc state defender like 10 yards into the end zone like you go back the guy lays out grabs williams by his jersey and williams just drags him all the way and it was insane will uh, sent me that one yeah, that, yeah. That, that that's that was a heck of a play on the downside i remember when i was a senior Texas only late acc loss of the year was to an nc state team in the fourth game of the season they missed a 44-yard field goal to it's end the game. Brandon
3: Pace at the end yeah. of
0: the game. Yeah, Brian Randall got sacked 10 times that game. NC State's defense was sick. They the, were, Mario Williams, Williams on that yeah, team. They, and yeah, and God, there was another... Both their defensive ends went on to have, you know, really good NFL careers. They were stacked across the board. I think they only went like 5 and 6 that year because their offense was so bad. They were not well coached that one of Chuck those Amato. Chuck Amato yeah, teams? Yeah, the man in uh, the red shoes on the sideline there. The um, chest. Yeah.
3: He just walked around.
0: Yeah. I, and uh, I remember... Starting off the 2005 season, Marcus Vick's first game at the start, that game got a lot of hype. It was a Sunday night game at NC State, and uh, it was a great atmosphere down there. That was like a really tough ticket for people to get, and that was a hyped game by ESPN, and NC State played really well in that game, but Tech ended up uh, winning a close one late, and that was a very exciting way to start the 2005 season.
3: Well, the... uh 2010, was it Russell Wilson against Tyrod? Yeah. In that game? I and mean, that's a really great quarterback yeah. matchup there. Uh, like you said, they haven't played a whole lot. Uh, I think it was 2015 did NC State come here? Yep. yep. Uh, Trayvon McMillan had a touchdown run in that one. I think he had a pretty good game. And there's an like iconic picture of him running up the sideline and Daddy Nicholas is on the sideline, like helmetless, like pointing in the yeah. direction of the end zone. I'm pretty sure he knows uh, that's where he has yeah, to go. Yeah, it's a very uh, <laughs> Daddy Nicholas-like picture of that, but it was just hilarious, him pointing <laughs> of the direction to go. Didn't Isaiah Ford have three touchdowns in one quarter in that game? He might. I, I, I can't I remember, remember I the details that, of that did. one too much. I know, I know that was one game where I'm like, NC State, are frauds coming in here right. and they they proved it in that game uh they started the covid year against nc state and tech just whooped them up and down the field in that one i think that was you know before last week that was the most uh points at halftime i mm-hmm. think in a game uh how did that to, work andy did you have to cover those virtually or were you no we were in the press you were in the press yeah and then like just family was in the stadium so right but so bizarre yeah yeah and, and then uh, of course the game last year that was just like the worst game of offensive football ever in the first half and then just everybody started scoring in the second half i have amazing. to mention
0: this or else every subscriber and every viewer we have over over the age of 50 is going to get mad at me but the 1986 peach ball Oh yeah? Which was the last yeah. the last game of the Bill Dooley era. Virginia Tech won it. This was in old Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. And uh Tech won it a last second field goal by Kinzer, who immediately ran up the sideline in front of the NC State bench and told him they were number one.
3: Yeah, he flicked him off. Nice. Uh that wasn't that a game Steve Johnson, the tight end, cut a touchdown and then rifled the ball into the crowd did or something oh, like man, that I don't know about and i think that. when he made his donation uh for the weight room or whatever it was here like he tacked on the price of the football <laughs> to, uh, to that, whatever the donation funny. was so it's like <laughs> nice round number plus 86 dollars or whatever it was for the
0: <laughs> the football just for inflation yeah
3: I, I don't know what exactly what he did but uh <laughs> yeah that was interesting game looking back at that one
2: the, the the thing that really stood out to me is so tech has won five out of the seven times they've played since joining the conference in 04 both losses were by one point. Last year, they lost in Raleigh, 22 to 21. In 2004, they lost uh, in Blacksburg, 17 to 16 was the final score. So just kind of interesting and, and some fun battles, uh, no doubt. Flip the script here, talk basketball very, very briefly. Uh, last night, Virginia Tech with a 60-44 to 44 win over Campbell. Not a great night shooting the basketball for the Hokies. Four of 19 from beyond the arc. Hunter Couture had all four three-pointers for Virginia Tech. Lynn Kidd, though, had himself a 24-point, 15-rebound double-double. So some positives uh, with the with the pull and give here early on in the non-conference. Yeah,
0: Lynn Kidd has played really consistent basketball so far. He's got to keep that up but because uh, – if he's not scoring on the inside, then Virginia Tech becomes very unbalanced offensively. So he's got to keep that up. Not worried about the amount of points Tech scored last night. They went four of nineteen from three-point range. Next game they could easily go ten of nineteen. You know, you know sometimes if you're a three-point reliant team, that's what you have to live with. Sometimes the defense was improved from South Carolina, but let's face it. Like Campbell's, like Campbell might be the least athletic team. Tech faces this year. That was a really unathletic team, I thought. So you can't take too much of, of, away from it. Um, I thought, gener- generally speaking, Tech did fine. They just didn't make quite as many open three-pointers as they normally do. David,
1: your thoughts
2: on uh, last night's win?
1: Uh, Lynn Kidd was good. Um, he and Mollajal Poteet, I mean, they combined for 32 points. Um, I think they've been better than advertised so far this year um, you know, in, in a, in a limited span, um, you know, Linkid twenty four fifteen. Um, I wrote that in my story. Not many people have been able to do that at Virginia Tech. Um, yeah, people are going to talk about the shooting struggles. I thought Tech got good looks. I asked Hunter Couture, you know, he was over for 4 in the first, I guess he made he made a three within the final minute of the first half. I asked Hunter after the game, you know, take me through those first four attempts and and what did you like? And he said, he walked me through each. He said the first one, I got a wide open look off of this set. The second one, I got a a good look off of an extra pass from Sean Padula. The third and fourth look, I got open looks essentially off of flare screens. He's like, I got open looks, I just missed. Well, the last Fair. two rimmed out. So sometimes you just miss and, um, what, what, what kind of raises a little red flag is that tech was two of 14 against South Carolina in the first half from three. Um, and then was one of 11 from three in the first half against Campbell. Um, tech Scott Wofford on Sunday. I would expect tech to, to shoot the ball better. If tech doesn't, that is a red flag, but, um, but I don't think it's too much to worry about. Sometimes you just don't have a good offensive game. I think there are um, a bunch of different things to, to look at. I thought Brandon Recksteiner was fine in 14 minutes. He didn't do anything crazy, but he had two assists, no turnovers, and he controlled the game. Um, he managed the game as a freshman point guard that's kind of hard to do at times. Um, I think Mike's still trying to figure out uh, who, he want, who he wants to play where in terms of Robbie Barron and Makai Long at the four. I think there are some positives and negatives you can take from this game. Overall, Tech was better defensively for 16 turnovers, but Campbell is sub-300 in offensive efficiency. So, um, yeah, positives and negatives. They shut down Anthony Del Orso and Aussie, who um, had 35 last game. So, again, take take for what you will. Wofford on Sunday is going to be an interesting challenge they run the same sets Mike Young does because imagine that imagine. Yeah. Imagine that Mike Young, uh, they run the same sets Mike Young does. So, uh, it's going to be a very physical, very interesting game. I kind of think back to the, uh, Virginia Tech women's basketball game against Chattanooga, um, in the NCAA tournament last year, where Kenny Brooks and Sean Poppy were running the same exact plays. I think it'll be very similar. I, I expect tech to win, but if, if it looks very funky on the floor, don't be surprised. That's what happens when you essentially play
0: a smaller version of yourself. It'll be like the Spider Man meme. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that wraps things up for episode 330 of the Tech Sideline podcast. Enjoy the game coming up on Saturday. It's certainly a big one. Bull eligibility, possibly on the brink for Virginia Tech. Even got a chance for seven uh, with, with UVA after that as well. But for now, for Jack Brizendine, for David Cunningham, for Andy Bitter, for Chris Coleman, I'm Giovanni Heater saying so long, and we'll see you on Monday.